podcast is out. The age of independence is here, where the next generation of high-performing agencies transform the agency landscape. I'm a mom, a businesswoman, and mega startup coach. This podcast is all about you, the agency owner, stepping into the new wave of opportunity, knocking out the competition in the modern market. This is the Age of Independence Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Agar. Welcome to the show. Hi, agents, and thanks for tuning in as we crack the code to Accelerated Growth. Today is all about how to protect your top performers. If you have a right-hand person or a group of individuals that carry your agency, these people are likely your greatest asset and are the fuel that keeps your agency moving every day. We can't afford not to invest in our top performers, and today we will uncover some blind spots and find a strategy for creating the kind of career environment that our star players deserve. If you ever lost an employee that you thought was your next rock star, I feel your pain, and I'm about to share with you some painful stories of how I lost two top performers at different times over the years, and the, the, the lessons I learned that might save you from making the same mistakes. So the next time you fill out a SWOT analysis, you'll know exactly which spot your top performers fall in, and I promise it's probably not the one that you think. But first, a quick recap of some of our highlights recently on Age of Independence. If you haven't caught our most recent episodes yet, they have been action-packed with leadership content that you can leverage to grow your business. Three weeks ago, we heard from Dr. Todd Dewitt. He's a best-selling author, a leadership guru, three-time TEDx speaker on authentic leadership, and Todd shared how we can be more authentic. And one of my favorite highlights was how to spot if we are squashing creativity in our business. Next, we heard from Emily Gerber-Poe. And she's a previous captive agent who transitioned to the independent world super successfully only last summer. And she has since opened multiple locations and shared part of her process for recruiting outside of the insurance industry. This is a great episode if you're looking for a star player, but you're unsure if you're ready to hire someone brand new to insurance. One of Emily's agency location managers came straight from banking. They're very successful. So be sure to tune into that episode to find out more. And finally, last week, we heard from Brad Shorkend, CEO of Still Human. He's a behavioral specialist who works with organizations around the world to help them create exceptional employee and client experiences. He's based in South Africa, so this episode was a milestone for me. He's the first time Age of Independence has interviewed a guest on a different continent. (laughs) Brad has a deep understanding of insurance markets from working with insurance companies in South Africa, and he believes that we will actually need to deepen our emotional intelligence 
if we're going to be able to compete with the AI that will be driving much of the insurance experience in the future. So be sure to catch up on those episodes. If you haven't had a chance to hit the subscribe button yet, that would be amazing so that you'll get that little notification on your phone Monday mornings as the new content shows up. So now that we're all caught up, how do we invest in our top performers and where do they really belong on our SWOT analysis? Think back with me to the last time your agency was in a crunch. Maybe you needed to roll out a new technology system. That's always a lot of work. Uh, Maybe you needed to rely on your team while you got that up and running. So you counted on your top performers to pick up some of the extra workload during that time. On the other hand, um, maybe you've been behind on a sales goal in the past and needed some big numbers this month to get back on track. And maybe your action plan was to count on your top performers, but then included how you were going to coach your underperformers to get their sales up this month. Makes sense, right? The, The problem is that we often have it backwards. We're putting extra workload on our top performers because we can count on them while our action plans are dedicating a higher percentage of our coaching time to our underperformers, the team members who haven't caught up yet, they haven't figured it out yet, they may or may not be bought into our agency mission and goals. We can flip that script. And if we do, our top performers will be happier longer and will have protected one of the greatest assets in our agency. We have to understand that Losing a top performer could be one of the largest threats to our agency. And our SWAT should include all the things that threaten to shake our top performers' confidence, stretch them too thin, or leave them with too vague an idea of where to go from here. So let's start with two disclaimers. What do I mean by a top performer? I mean the reliable, dependable, consistent, person that you look forward to working with every day, that open-minded, coachable person who wants to grow and is on a steady upward trajectory. I don't mean your top salesperson. In fact, your top salesperson might even be the exact person who is creating extra work for one of your top performers. This isn't about premium. This is about your mission and vision as an agency and which team members are actively propelling you forward. This isn't about letting a top salesperson hold you hostage because you need their sales premium. This is about being in tune with the needs of the people who carry the weight of the agency and building a protective hedge around them that keeps them from having to pick up everyone else's slack. And it just helps hedge the downsides that can come along with being a top performer. Disclaimer number two, protecting your top performers doesn't mean you aren't developing your underperformers. We'll get to that in a minute because this is an area that most agents and sales managers tend to get backwards, but it does mean knowing your strategy for protecting your top performers before you create your strategy for developing your underperformers. So first, think back with me to what you felt like when you were in their shoes. 
If you're an agency owner, a business person, an entrepreneur, chances are you've likely been a high achiever or accomplished at something at other points in your career as well before you opened your agency. And think think back to what that experience was like when you were the person in the store, in the business, in the company that was carrying a lot of the weight. And, and what were some of the like fun parts of that? What were some of the parts that were awful? <laughs> and um, there was a time in my career before I was in, in insurance when I found myself um, at the as a top salesperson in my company globally, over a thousand employees. And what did that feel like to be a top performer at that time? There were a lot of amazing, thrilling things about being a top performer in that environment. But there were some downsides too. What did you feel like? Um, Top performers can feel like the agency is counting on them. They take pride in their work, but that means they have to make sacrifices. Maybe sometimes you even wondered if it was worth it. Have you ever hit a big goal for a company, but then wondered if the company cared about your goals? I think we can all identify with that. And um, you're likely a goal-oriented person. If you're a top performer, you might be saving for a house, starting some kind of group, working towards a fitness goal, or even thinking further down the road. You might want to find a mentor to look up to who understands your strengths and weaknesses, someone who's in the position that you want to be one day. Basically, you have goals and a plan and want to work with someone who can help you get there. So let's put ourselves back in our our top performer shoes um, when we were getting started in our careers, what it felt like, what we were looking for, and what we needed. Hey, loyal listeners, when you hear me say CAS certified, that means that we use them in our agency. Are you a local insurance agent looking to take your business to the next level? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS, aka Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. But like in today's world, we use these initials like it's cool because it is. It's hip. At Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, they offer the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing market. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and the guidance you need to see your agency succeed. Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't you survive in the competitive insurance industry? Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions today. Get started today and learn more at mbsbrokerage.com. That's where you learn more, mbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. So what are the threats to your top performers? I think that number one is lack of a clear progression path. And this is where I have to share the story with you of how I once lost a top performer in my agency. I'll just call her Ashley. And Ashley uh, was a college grad. I hired her in my first agency a couple years back. And Ashley had just finished her business degree. She played sports in college. She was excited to get into insurance. She did really well during training and she was hitting her sales goals. 
she's the kind of person that was driven both personally and professionally. And I was just really pumped. I felt like I had finally found my next right-hand person and I could really see her owning her own agency one day. But one day out of the blue and completely unexpected, Ashley turned in her notice and she had accepted an entry level an entry level sales position for a company working in a high rise downtown and I was completely blindsided she had been fun to work with and I just hadn't noticed the signs that she might be looking for another job so this was a huge <laughs> disappointment and at first I was tempted to tell myself that like, well, you know, my uh, agency can't compete with a fancy high rise with the fancy benefits and all of that stuff to make myself feel better. But in hindsight, I finally had to admit that I hadn't lost Ashley because my position in the agency wasn't glamorous enough. I had lost Ashley because I didn't have a clear career progression path. Sure, there was opportunity. It was a top performing agency. There was a lot Ashley could learn there. She would be able to network and be surrounded by people who were really doing great things in the insurance world. But telling someone they can be an agent one day and showing them exactly what they need to do to get there are two different things. Today at Quantum, each one of our entry level positions, both sales and service, start on our career progression path day one. And the ultimate goal is that ultimately by the end of the path, if this person so chooses, they'll be prepared to pursue a corporate leadership position with our company or an agency ownership opportunity, if that aligns with their goals. And along the way, they're able to see what products they will learn at what step they can apply to sell commercial insurance, at what step they can apply for our leadership development program, what departments they'll have a chance to rotate through to broaden their insurance knowledge, and what milestones they have to achieve to get where they want to go. And I feel strongly now that if I had made the path to success clearer for Ashley, I think she might have stayed with our agency longer and probably played a big part in our expansion that came not long afterwards. And I might have attracted some more top performers along the way. The next threat to your top performers is threat number two, everybody else's workload. (laughs) Top performers are capable. We can count on them. They show up when we need them. And we need that, right? In an agency, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. There's always some sort of crisis around the corner that has to be dealt with. And some things just have to be done. We get it. Um, Happens all the time. But what does this look like? Is there anything that we can prevent? Can we be a little more strategic about this to prevent burnout? Um, With top performers, sometimes new employees shadow them all the time. Or maybe everyone goes to this person every time they have questions. They might even get asked the same question over and over again. (laughs) Top performers might already be coming in early or staying late. They're often more productive than the average team member and make sacrifices to get more done. They might even be studying scripts or 
working referrals and already have a heavy workload. The problem is because they are so capable and dependable, they're the first person we go to when we need something done. They have a great attitude and will happily help and we can count on them to follow through. However, additional projects can have a downside too, especially for a salesperson who is counting on some form of commission. This is where a clear job description and a clear career progression path together can help. So decide together what projects that person is passionate about and make time for those, the ones that fit in with their job description and fit in with their career milestones. But then once those things are scheduled in, try not to dump the other stuff that has to get done on that person. Um, Maybe there's other creative solutions. Maybe this is where investing in a VA could help you be able to create that protective hedge around your top performers. That means if you have an underperformer who isn't pulling their weight, we have to address it immediately or it's going to end up falling on our top performer's shoulders and we might not even know it. Every team has at least one or two people who chat when other people are on a sales call or they complain about taking on projects that are outside their comfort zone. The problem with allowing this is that the work still has to get done. And if our underperformers aren't doing it, then it's either falling on your plate or your top performer's plate. So think about what could happen if your top performer were to get burned out. They will lose focus, productivity could drop, their sales could be up and down and all over the place, and they could start to feel unsuccessful. A successful person who is burned out can feel like a failure. And a high achiever who feels like a failure at your agency will eventually find a place where they feel like they're on top of the world. Threat number three, coaching our top performers the way we would want to be coached instead of knowing their unique personality. So at Quantum, we use the DISC assessment. Um, I'm a fan of the Myers-Briggs as well. I know some agents like Emily use the Enneagram. Some use Ideal Traits. But it can be super helpful just to understand our team members' natural talents and abilities and how they communicate, how they receive information. And this is important because you may have many very driven people on your team and they might all be internally motivated, but how they feel most heard or most rewarded when we communicate with them in a certain way can be different. Um, We have a sales leader on the team who's a very strong driver, the captain of this ship. And if I send them a really long, wordy email, it's just going to fall flat. It's not going to make a difference. However, if I told that person, hey, um, we were really counting on you in a crunch and you really came through, they would feel on top of the world. And this is where my second story comes in of a painful time. I once lost a top performer and we'll call him Javier. Javier worked with us for a while. He was a strong communicator and highly motivated. 
Um, but he struggled to hold people accountable. So that was really something that we were coaching him on, on how he could improve. Um, and Javier really needed to hear that we still believed in him and that he was making a big difference. And while we thought we were giving constructive criticism, the feedback just wasn't landing because we weren't developing him the way he needed to be developed. And if someone, for example, needs to hear words of affirmation, but we're focused on sharing with them how they can improve, they could start to feel like a failure. And when high achievers feel like a failure, they will eventually find a place where they feel like they're on top of the world again. It's all about our strategy. We want to develop every person on our team, but we have to be strategic. We only have so much time, energy, resources, and we can schedule in time to work with our top performers on their next milestone a little every week. Uh, Instead of having all the new hires shadow your top performer in person, they could shadow virtually over teams sometimes so that we don't distract their sales calls. If your top performer really loves training new team members, new hires, we can be strategic about exactly what topics and workshops you want them to train on live. For example, if they're a great closer, they could train on this live while you provide videos on how to use the quoting systems, for example. And this is a great way to be strategic about how to use our time and talents. We will keep working with our underperformers, the people who aren't there yet, the people who just, you know, haven't figured it out. Maybe they're not to goal yet, but not at the expense of the time, attention, direction, and coaching that our top performers are relying on us to provide, to help them get to the next level. So finally, every successful agency needs to know their assets, their liabilities, What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Where are your opportunities? Where are your threats? And yes, our top performers are a strength in our agency, but let's be real. Most things that we write in the strengths column are going to just end up getting ignored. It's kind of like they're already checked off the list. So we're focusing on other things. So this quarter, let's focus on eliminating threats to our top performers' career satisfaction. And when we do, Will it protect our our agency from the very real threat of losing a star player who could potentially grow next to us for years? I hope this episode has given you some great ideas and sparked your entrepreneurial spirit. Take a moment to hit subscribe and I'll keep working to bring you fresh content to help us all achieve greatness in this amazing industry. Have a fantastic day and I'll talk to you soon.